Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the 808 Podcast. It's a podcast where we take business owners, CEOs, marketing directors, whoever else I feel like. It is four questions in eight minutes and eight seconds because 808 looks like Bob and here we go. Question number one, in a few sentences, tell me who you are and what do you do? Bob, my name is Joe Saunders. I'm the founder and CEO of RunSafe Security. And at RunSafe Security, we've set out to immunize software to fundamentally disrupt the economics from the attacker's perspective and shift it towards the defender's advantage. And we do that, uh, you know, protecting software. Love it, love it, Joe. Question number two, what advice do you want to share? Go. I want to give people five steps they can do to protect their software that they deploy. Step number one, they should, they should harden the open source software that they deploy across their uh, um, software infrastructure. So the Linux operating system, the Apache web server, the MySQL database, all of those should be uh, hardened with you know, techniques to reduce the attack surface. Number two, if you use a CI/CD software pipeline, you should add in hardening technology as a software plugin to your artifactory software instance. That way, any software you get from third parties can be hardened before you ship it out into the field. Number three, you should incorporate security protections as you compile and commit code. That way, especially if you can do it without slowing it down your developers, you can add security protections in while people are writing software and pushing it out. Number four, you should monitor your software using monitoring software. And the reason you should do that is specifically, you should be looking for software crashes at runtime because they are indicators of vulnerabilities, uh, instability, and unreliability of your software that scanning tools may be missing in the testing phase. And, and lastly, what you ought to be doing is after you look at those software crashes, you should classify them as either a software bug or a cyber attack. If they're cyber attacks, you should route them to your security operations center. And if they're a software bug, you should send them back to the developers to ask them to fix it. So that those would be my steps to help you dramatically reduce your attack surface. So you mentioned earlier about hardening your software on the open source, like you'll, point number one. How does the person go about doing that? They can do multiple things. Uh, number one, they can turn off software that they don't use. Uh, and so, you know, there's oftentimes a lot of features and functions in the, in the open source packages. So you could, you know, turn off those features. Number two, you can reduce uh, the ports and the access points that use that software. And number three, you can rely on third parties to have, you know, extra hardening techniques that they add into the process. In some cases, you can uh, find sources who have pre-hardened software and make those available. They're identical to the same software that you might use if you found it directly from the open source community, but mm -hmm. they will offer the exact same one as a pre-hardened version. So Perfect. those are three ways to do it. That makes a lot of sense there. Let's get to question number three. Joe, it's time for shout outs and who are you shouting out? Today, I would like to shout out Michael Wellman, who's the founder and CEO of Virgil Security. Uh, Michael uh, not only has been uh, you know, uh, a tremendous friend, I would say, often say the unsung hero at RunSafe Security. He helped me uh, find investors in the early days with our product strategy and with our go-to-market and launch strategy. And Michael is also leading his own company. So he's both selfless and a great leader and someone I admire very much. So Michael Wellman, a shout out to you at Virgil okay. Secure. I'll look him up there. Number four, final fun question. Joe, tell me about your first sale. Uh, actually, I'd like to tell about my first failed sale, if I could. Oh, and my it. first, 
first failed sale was as a teenager. And I used to, as a kid, I would, uh, you know, shovel the driveway. And as I would shovel the driveway with my parents, I always asked, could I have a snowblower? And every year my dad said no. And so, you know, by the time I was 15 or 16, I kept saying, dad, could I please have a snowblower? And growing up in Michigan, Bob, you know, there's a lot of snow there. So Mm -hmm. you have to shovel many times a year. And I couldn't figure out why uh, he kept telling me no. By the time I graduated high school, I was 18 years old. I go off to college. I come back for Thanksgiving and I say, you know, I walk and guess what I found in the, in the garage. I walk into the garage and I found a brand new red snowblower. And I said, dad, why after 10 years, I've been asking for a snowblower. Why did you buy a snowblower? Uh, you know, the year I go to college I, and he said, I didn't need one before. So that was my biggest lesson and probably my first failed sale, but I've, it's a lesson I've never forgotten. And I try to apply it uh, in, in every sales situation ever since. I love, love that story. That is a, again, I don't want to say a cool story or it is a cool story. Ha, but ups, you know, that part <laughs> there. So there we go. Hey, so Joe, you have three minutes and 15 seconds left. So you can do some promo time. You can ask me a question. You can talk about the weather or our great haircuts. Or since the best know when to be concise and when to end, we end early. Go for it. Well, you know, I do like your, your haircut, Bob. And I always wonder why do you always wear a hat to cover up your beautiful head? Reason is, uh, I used to be a political consultant, and when I got into the industry, I literally stumbled into it. So I wasn't a Bush, Kennedy, Clinton, Trump, insert famous last thing here, didn't have the degree and didn't have a lot of money. So my friends are like, well, let's just put a hat on you. you you'll be known as the guy in the hat. And so this hat, I tease people that I've made more money off wearing a hat than anyone who isn't a celebrity ever has. <laughs> That's great. Well, and so, you know, with that, I'd like to say, you know, at RunSafe, we help people immunize their software mm-hmm. and we do that by hardening their software. And so, you know, we offer a number of different tools that you can add as part of your software development lifecycle to efficiently add security protections so that you're protected from both known and unknown vulnerabilities right. as you deploy that software. Love it. Love it there. You've got two minutes and four seconds left. Is there anything else you'd like to add or we can end early and that's okay? Uh, we can add, we can end early. I'll allow it. You pulled it off. Four questions in eight minutes and eight seconds. Joe, why is it eight minutes and eight seconds? Because 808 looks like Bob. Love it. Love it. Hey, your website, say it real quick. Runsafesecurity.com. It's in the description. Yeah. It's magic. <laughs> Joe, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Tip of the hat to you. Thank you, Bob. Have a great You're day. You're welcome. And for everyone else watching or listening, I am legally required to tell you to like, Share, comment, subscribe, thumbs up, ring the bell, whatever the heck the social media network tells you to do. You all have a good one now. Talk to you later. Bye.